0: Pope Benedict is in his home country, Germany. And one of the things he did was participate in an ecumenical celebration in the church of the Augustinian monastery in Erfurt. Now, why is this significant? Well, it's significant for the Pope to be part of an ecumenical celebration, but that's not a new thing. What's new? is that this celebration took place in a Lutheran church. But what's really news is that this monastery was the home of Martin Luther when he was an Augustinian monk. It is here that he developed his 95 theses, which led to the whole kerfuffle with his excommunication and the Protestant Reformation. Now, I'm not an expert, but my understanding is that Pope Leo X only asked Luther to recant 41 of his statements does that mean that 54 of them were valid I've also been told that these reformation ideas preceded Luther by about 150 years people like Erasmus a famous church father is known to have said that the church needed reform in fact the second Vatican Council was a church reform the problem with Luther may have had to do more with his attitude and his approach rather than with his complaints, which, again, the way I understand them, in many cases were valid concerns, especially in the area of indulgences. Not my words, but also I've heard it say that had he gone about it differently and had he not been excommunicated, Luther today may have been recognized as a saint. That's interesting. So let's pray for ecumenical dialogue. One of the last prayers of Jesus was that all his followers would be one my take we have more in common with each other than not so let's put aside our differences and focus on the one Christ whom we all follow I'm Pedro Guevara man and this is Salt and Light Radio Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara-Mann. Here with me is Krista Matrenko. Good evening, Pedro. How's it going, Chris, this week? Oh, very good. Busy week with the Pope in Germany. In Germany, that's mm-hmm. true. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, but also to let our listeners know, today Jillian Cantor returns to tell us what her kid taught us, uh, taught her, rather, this week. And that's in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Hopefully their kids will teach us something yes. too. <laughs> and as always, Andrew Santos has a Saint of the Week and Sheridan has our diocesan update. And, and yeah, Chris, the Pope is in Germany.
1: Yeah, we'll be telling you about what he's been up to in Germany. And also the Pope received a number of interesting gifts. What do you, what do you buy for the Pope as a gift. Well, yeah, we'll tell know. you some, uh, yeah. some unique gift-giving ideas if you're going to be meeting the Pope. Uh, that's good. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm intrigued now. Um, and
0: last last week, Chris, you mentioned a brochure that was put out by the uh, Catholic Organization of Life and Family, remember? That's right, about on vocations. vocations. Mm-hmm. Love is calling your children. And in the second half of the program, we're going to be talking with Michelle Boulevard. She's the director of COLF about that document and why we need it. And we also have a featured chat with Father Stan Fortuna, who is going to tell us about his newest hobby. So uh, here he is from his album Seraphic Wanderer, the song called Stretch Me.
2: Stretch.
3: for you to stretch me, but when I think about it, I'd really prefer if you would just come and protect me, but at the end of the day, I need you to connect me, so that all I gotta worry about is nothing really when I'm with you, and then there you go, take it all away from me, cause it all come from you in the first place anyway, so stretch so stretch me. Beyond the limits of what I understand To the vast horizons to which you call From which I daily fall deep into your mercy Stretch me That's how you go and you catch me. Like a lost child, you come out to wherever you need to go to find me, to fetch me. But that's okay because with your love, at the end of the day, there's only one thing that you want to do, and that's that's the stretch.
0: That was Father Stan Fortuna with Stretch Me from his album, Seraphic Wanderer. We'll be speaking with Father Stan in the second half of the program. And in about 15 minutes,
1: what our kids teach us with Gillian Cantor. But first, Chris is still here with our news. Well, Pedro, when we're shopping for Christmas gifts, our fathers are usually the most challenging on the list. Yes, at always. Least, at least for yeah, me. Same here. Now imagine trying to find a gift, though, for the Holy Father. Yeah. And what do you give the Pope you know, something that he needs that he or that he doesn't have already. Well, on Monday, he was given a keepsake that is truly out of this world. Uh, he received it when he was visited by two Italian astronauts. And he had spoken with these astronauts. The last time he spoke with them was back in May. And at the time, they were aboard the International Space Station. And the Pope gave them a historic blessing via satellite. Now, they had taken with them into space a silver medal that had been given to them by the Pope. And on the medal was a scene from Michelangelo's creation. And so when the Pope blessed them, they they had the medal sort of floating there in the air. Yeah. Uh, Now, on Monday, they returned the medal to the Pope. And they also gave him an atlas of the universe and a photo of the space station flying the Vatican flag. Nice. Now, he, the Pope got another unusual gift this week, or rather, 500,000 of them. It was half a million bees. He received a bunch of bees. An Italian <laughs> agricultural organization gave the Pope eight beehives. It was part of an initiative to mark the Day for the Protection of Creation. They're being kept at the pontifical farm of Castel Gandolfo, you know, his summer residence. Yeah. There's a farm there and they're going to be used in pollination and production of honey. Now, bees play a vital role in the planet's ecosystem. In fact, a third of human food production depends on insects, Mm -hmm. and 80% of that is from bees. So we really need bees. Now, Castel Gandolfo, it's considered really a model farm because it unites traditional practices with modern technology. And they have 25 dairy cows, 300 hens, 60 cockerels, and... Uh, also, an ancient olive grove, producing 3,000 liters of oil a year. Wow, and now they have 500 bees. And in 500,000 bees. <laughs> 500, sorry. <laughs> exactly. 500, wow. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, the Pope uh, received even more gifts this week, because as is customary when he travels, he receives and gives gift gifts along the way. And uh, he began his four-day journey to Germany on Thursday. It's his third papal visit to Germany. And it continues through Sunday. The theme is, Where God Is, There Is a Future. And uh, the schedule was packed, full of liturgies and interfaith encounters. Um, Go through the schedule really briefly. Some of the highlights. On Thursday, he visited the federal parliament, and there was a mass in the Olympic Stadium that was in Berlin. Um, Then on Friday, there was an ecumenical celebration, Mm -hmm. and he visited the Augustinian Monastery in Erfurt. And this is an Mm -hmm. evangelical Lutheran monastery. Uh, where Martin Luther yes, I know. was actually there. So uh, an ecumenical um, day it was on Friday. And then today, uh, there was another Mass in the morning. And then uh, later tonight, well, actually, it's already passed now in Germany, a prayer vigil um, with young people. And then it, uh, it concludes on Sunday, the big event being the uh, closing Mass uh, from the airport in Freiburg.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, our viewers, uh, if you have Salt and Light television, you can
1: watch uh, the event tomorrow the Closing Mass. And even uh, if you don't have Salt and Light television, you can go to can saltandlighttv.org, and we are streaming Salt and Light live, so you can, uh, you can watch these events with us. Absolutely. Great. So thank you very much. Krista Matrenko, our
0: Salt and Light radio news producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, radio at TV.org.
2: You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on
4: Sirius XM.
0: I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. If you want to figure out what your kids can teach you, stay right here, because coming up is our uh, parenting expert, Jillian Cantor. But before that... Saint of
5: the Week with Andrew Santos. All right. Thanks for having me back, Pedro. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) It's that time of the week again. And uh, last week, we were uh, a little overseas. We were looking at the Korean martyr. You remember St. Andrew Kim? Yes. Who's a great martyr. Now we're going to bring it closer to home. Another martyr. Yeah. So we're going to celebrate a Canadian martyr today. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's, drum roll please, St. Jean de Brébeuf. So... Saint-Jean-de-Berbeuf was born on March 25th, 1593 in Conde-sur-Vire, which is in Normandy, France. Mm -hmm. So he became a Jesuit in the year 1617, and he joined the order. Actually, um, Pedro, he was almost expelled from the society because he came down with tuberculosis. Uh So I guess, thankfully, he wasn't expelled, or else we wouldn't have had the chance to hear about his story.
0: Uh, Yeah, okay. So uh,
5: 1622, he was ordained a priest. And a few years later, three years later, he sailed to Canada as a missionary and lived with the Huron natives near Lake Huron. And he got the chance to learn all about their customs and their language. So um, with that said, because of a war in England, Brébeuf actually had to return to France. But after the peace uh, treaty was signed, he then returned to the Hurons. So during his time in France, saint jean de Brébeuf told many about his experiences in Canada and, like, his experience with the Jesuit relations. Mm -hmm. So, information that, in the long run, was critical to Canada's early history. So, being the man he was, he tried unsuccessfully to convert the neutral nation on Lake Erie in 1640. But after that kind of didn't work out, he returned to Quebec, and he stayed there for a few more years. So, when we look at the war uh, that happened between the Iroquois and the Hurons, um the Iroquois began to win. Uh, They destroyed a large Huron village in uh, the year 1648, Mm -hmm. and on March the 16th, the year after in 1649, 1200 Iroquois captured the mission of St. Ignace, um, which many of us will know uh, quite well um, as I go on, and a few hours later they captured another Huron village where they took Braybuff and a few others hostage. So um, they were fastened to stakes and they were tortured to death. Mm-hmm. And they had a mock baptism using boiling water, fire, necklaces of red hot hatchets, and mutilation. I don't even want to picture no, that. No,
0: it's actually quite uh, That's how they were treated, yeah.
5: Yeah, it's, it, it's unbelievable when you kind of replay that in your mind and think about how yeah. they've tried living out their faith. But anyways, um, when we look at Catholic tradition, um, Bray Buff did not make a single outcry. While he was being tortured hmm. and, um, and he astounded the Iroquois people mm-hmm. who later cut out his heart and ate it in hopes of gaining his courage. Yeah.
0: His strength. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So on that day he was martyred. He was killed for his faith and he was only 55 years old.
0: Wow. And I didn't know that he had only been a priest for three years before he came to Canada. Yeah. So that was pretty much his whole priestly life.
5: Yeah, exactly. Wow. And look at Jesus only had three years yeah, of ministry, that's
0: too. true. That's true, too. Yeah. Well, St. John de Brebeuf. So those of you that are in Ontario, of course, are familiar with Martyr's Shrine up in Midland.
5: Yeah, which exactly. Which celebrates
0: St. John de Brebeuf and the Canadian martyrs. And across the street is uh, St. Marie among the Hurons, which is a recreated uh, Huron village, that, which is where St. John de Brebeuf would have, not there, but that's kind of what St. Ignace would have looked like. Yeah.
5: So Brebeuf's yeah. body um, actually rests today in the Church of St. Joseph. Which is at St. Marie. Right at Saint as Marie, Marie, you said. Yeah. So um, in 1984, uh, Pope John Paul II, when he came to Canada, he went up to Martyr Shrine and he prayed over Bray Buff's skull. Mm-hmm. And um, afterwards, he celebrated the um, outdoor mass on the grounds of the Martyr Shrine. Did you go? No. no?
0: 1984,
5: I was not in Canada. Oh, okay. No. So, th- like, literally thousands of people came to hear him speak. Yeah. So um, Bray Buff was canonized in 1930. And he is known as the north american martyr or as part of the canadian martyrs because there were uh, eight of them yes so um his feast day celebrated september the 26th and there are a ton there are literally a ton of schools named after him yes so across the country even throughout the united states yeah and uh yeah no and
0: it's good and the other thing that's that's neat is that the earliest earliest written history of this country canada exists because of Saint-Jean and the the Jesuits because they had to write letters to their mm-hmm. superiors. So that's called the Jesuit Relations is now compiled and it's the earliest. Yeah, so we give
5: thanks to Saint-Jean-de-Brabouf yeah. for his remarkable story and mm-hmm. for the history behind it. Yeah, a lot of saint good Jean stuff. Saint-Jean-de-Brabouf, pray, pray for, for us. us.
0: Well, thank you, Andrew. Andrew Santos, he's our saint expert. Um, and in about five minutes, what's happening across our country with Sheridan. So stay tuned.
6: Hi, this is Tim Maggiata, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM.
0: My name is Pedro. You can find Salt and Light on Facebook, and you can also follow us on Twitter. You can read our blog at saltandlighttv.org. And now it's time for... What our kids teach us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome.
4: Hi, Pedro. It's been a long time.
0: It's it's been. Did you have a good summer?
4: I did. We had a very busy summer. Many trips. Well, not many. A couple trips to Saskatchewan and moving that's that's houses. And that's right. Two teething children who knew that two-year molars could come when you're three. <laughs> so yeah, it's been <laughs> lots to talk about. So,
0: what have you learned from your kids this week?
4: Well, with all the not just this week, this summer, these past months. Yeah, <laughs> there's been lots of lessons. Um, But this one I think you're going to like in particular, Pedro, and that is that there needs to be more music in this house.
0: I like it. Good. Why?
4: Well, um, it's something that we've had, obviously, like kids' music and different toys that play different music and just whatever music that David and I happen to be listening to. There is music in this house. But just recently, it started to become apparent how important it is to our boys and how they enjoy it. Um, It was a Sunday morning, and we were just having leisurely breakfast, and Joseph was playing with some noisy toy, making a song. And Henry just started bobbing up and down like that was him dancing. And it realized that's not something that we taught him. We didn't say, okay, when music plays, you move your body like this. That's called dancing.
2: <laughs> but he just
4: knows music makes you want to move. And so yeah. Henry was bobbing up and down, and we were just watching him and laughing. And then David said to Joseph, Joe, are you going to dance? And Joseph said, I'm just moving my foot up like this and then putting it down like that. And he was tapping his foot, and that's how he was uh, describing it. It was funny. But it just, it brings such joy, and it's also a um, bit of a fascination on our part to just watch them enjoy this music and to know that it's part of them and that it's a way of expressing their happiness and their joy. And then um, further to that, our way of expressing our love for God, you know, we're listening to praise music or you know the, the music at church on Sunday, just... It's the, our children's way of, of saying, I love you. And it's almost like a prayer of theirs.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> no, it's, it's true because you, I think we've lost the, the singing thing in our culture. You know, like it used to be that people would gather. I imagine families like yours, Jillian, in, in you know, rural Saskatchewan, gathering around the piano and singing People don't do that anymore. Mine
4: we is not a musical family, so no, we didn't <laughs> do didn't that. You didn't gather it around the piano. it was something that you'd see on TV and think, oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, it's like we do it in church and it's kind of weird because nobody does it at home.
4: Yeah. Unless
0: you have toddlers.
4: Yeah, it's true. And we recently, in our move, um, we were very lucky to have inherited a piano oh,
2: and just really? even
4: having that in our house for a couple of weeks now it's been amazing joseph likes to just tinkle away on it and he'll have he sings the abc song while he presses whatever keys yeah um and we've had a few people visiting our home and, and every time we do if they play the piano we've asked them to play something and even that is that you're right it's just a nice focal point and a, a gathering place um yeah and and whether it's uh, yeah. church music, or just kids music, or yeah, whatever it yeah, is, yeah, it's yeah. something, it's a nice place to be, and to, and to listen to, and oh, to have... Oh,
0: very good. Uh, I sense so, piano lessons coming.
4: Yes, maybe not right yet, <laughs> but <laughs> but in the meantime, he's composing some wonders. It's, it's amazing. He's oh, going
0: to very good. For sure. <laughs> very good. Oh, uh, yes, you're right. I like this one. Yeah. Music, yeah. good advice. Even, okay. and, it, and you know what, people might not to say that you and your husband David are not musical, but, uh, but you're not necessarily, you're not no, musicians. No. Yeah. So even for parents who, are, who feel that they're not musically inclined or who are not, who don't play an instrument, it doesn't matter. Sing to your kids, Give them bongos or maracas or musical toys. Make sure that they have a volume control. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Exactly. That's the important part. But
0: for now,
4: yeah, Joseph is humming and Henry is dancing, and and that's our way of knowing they're happy and all is well in our household. (laughs) Yes,
0: and that you're praising God. I like that, too. Well, thank you very much, Jillian Cantor. um, She is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's also a wife and a mother of two.
5: You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM.
0: You can podcast our show at org slash radio or off iTunes. And here now is Sheridan with our diocesan update.
7: Hi, Pedro. Uh, starting out in Vancouver, there will be a farewell mass for the Sisters of Charity of the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. So five of the nine sisters... Um, are going to be going back home to the Order's Mother House, and that's in St. John's, and that's at the end of September. And the sisters came to Vancouver in 1929, and they've built hospitals and residences and several schools. So five members are going to be leaving, but four will remain. And um, that goodbye mass and reception will be held next week, Tuesday, evening and that's september this 27th at holy name of jesus church and that's just near the sisters convent and for more information you can check out rcav.org and in edmonton there's a come and see weekend at saint joseph seminary right. and that's next weekend a friday uh, through sunday so that's september 30th through to october the second and that's for anyone who is curious about the priesthood and mm-hmm. it's such a great opportunity to spend time with the priests and to talk about uh, to talk with other seminarians and um, you can check out caedm.ca for that events listing but not to forget, uh, St. Joseph's Seminary is also Canada's newest seminary. Uh, the last one was built about 50 years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, Salt and Light just premiered a new documentary about that. And uh, in particular, it focuses on its modern yet classically inspired architecture. Yeah, because they just, just, they just got a
0: new building. Yeah, it's yep. a
7: beautiful building. And um, and it's also really interesting because Chris Demetrakos, who produced it, yeah. speaks with the seminarians, and they're very enthusiastic. So it's quite inspiring. And it's called "Put Out into the Deep." Yeah, and you can check out our trailer on YouTube. Uh, the Salton Light TV yeah. channel. Yeah. And uh, you can stay tuned for our DVD.
0: Yeah, nice.
7: And then, speaking of sacred space in Winnipeg, Manitoba, there, and I thought this was really neat uh-huh. Micah House is sponsoring seven pilgrimages, and the object is to discover sacred spaces in Winnipeg. So, pilgrims will make their way to places such as, um, you know, Lash Winnipeg, huh. Art uh, Beat Studio, Main Street Project, and that's going to be ongoing from September through March, and to sign up, you just check out the events listing at archwinnipeg.ca. I should check that
0: up. I'm going to, I might be in Winnipeg in November, so I'll check yeah, that out. It, yeah, it's
7: very interesting. Yeah. Um, also, Pedro, who is the first female doctor of the church?
0: Oh, uh, hmm, St. Uh, Teresa of yes, Avila? Yes, St. Teresa
7: she? of Jesus. St. Really? Teresa of Jesus. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, good. Good. Um, so, as a doctor of prayer, her writings on contemplative prayer are unsurpassed. Yes, I so, know. So, um, this is really cool. In Toronto, they're going to be having um, the Discalced Carmelite Secular Order of Canada. Yeah. He's opening their congress for the first time to everyone to discover the beauty of Theresian spirituality. And um, you can join them for a series of lectures and, and sort of just talks on St. Teresa of Jesus, her life, writings, and spirituality. And you can just find out how to live a deeply spiritual life in an increasingly secular world. Mm-hmm. So that's next week, uh, Friday through Sunday, and that's at the Hilton Suites Conference Center in Markham, Ontario, so that's just north of Toronto. Yeah. And for more information, go to o c d s forward slash congress, and Father Stan. Is yes. in Toronto, and he's our feature artist this week. Yes. Um, Pedro, you're going to be talking to him in about 15 yes, minutes. Yes, I will, yes. Um, so I'll just say that he's at Merciful Redeemer Parish uh, next weekend yes. as well, so yeah. September 30th. Same
0: weekend, so yeah. So we'll get all the details uh, about that uh, concert w- when I speak to him yeah. in a little bit.
7: And finally, out in Montreal, there is an exhibition called Libérez le Trésor, and this mm. ex- exhibition is part of the Journée de la Culture, a pr- um, and it's a cultural festival that promotes awareness of the importance of culture. Now, they're a part of this, and the Sisters of Providence are um, opening up their museum, and it offers an introduction to deaf culture. Mm. And so that's really interesting. Um, and you can also visit two permanent exhibition rooms where you'll be able to brush up on the history of the Sisters of Providence as well.
0: Do, s- s- sorry, is there a connection with the deaf culture? Yes,
7: um, they, you know, they've been involved with helping deaf girls in really, that area. Really, I didn't of, know that. Yeah, for, for huh. sorry, forever, as far Neat. as I can tell. And um, yeah, so they're putting out an entire um, beautiful exhibition on, you know, what does it mean? Because often it's misunderstood. Yes, it is. And so. Just what does it mean to be deaf? How do they interact with the rest of the world? Things that we need to consider. But so.
0: There's a huge need, pastoral need, for the deaf community for us yes. yeah, here in Canada. Yeah. Yes.
7: And so that's open to everyone. And Trilingual staff will welcome you in English, Spanish, or French. No reservations required. And that's the Museum of Sisters of Providence. And that's next weekend as well. So check out diocesemontreal.org for this. And lots of other listings.
0: Very good. Thank you very much, Sheridan. Um, and a reminder to all of you, let us know what's happening in your diocese. Just send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Coming up in our second half an hour, uh, Michelle Boulevard of the Catholic Organization for Life and Family is going to be with us to tell us why love is calling your children. And as we mentioned earlier, a featured chat with Father Stan Fortuna. So stay tuned. And welcome to part two of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Every child conceived is unique and irreplaceable and is called by God to a unique mission. We know that. But as parents, how do we help our children realize this? It is, after all, in the family first that boys and girls learn to know and to trust God as they discern their call to love because that's really what vocation is about. It's about love. Now, in the hopes of helping parents with this task, the Catholic Organization for Life and Family has produced a brochure titled Families Did You Know, Love Is Calling Your Children. And to tell us all about it, we are joined now by Colf Director Michelle Boulevard. Michelle, welcome back to Salt and Light Radio.
8: Thank you very much.
0: I, I love that title. Good. Love <laughs> Love Is Calling Your Children. Why okay, before I ask you about the title, why why do we need this publication? Why
8: Well, I think uh, parents uh, already uh, know and they need perhaps to be confirmed in their very important, essential role of nurturing the budding vocations that God uh, planted in uh, the souls of each of their children. So our purpose is really to help them maybe realize that a little bit better and to uh, help them, uh, you know, teach their children uh, that life, all of life, is a calling from God, mm-hmm. and uh, as we know through our baptism we 've been called to to not only live uh, a spiritual life we 're called to be saints and we 're called to be apostles
2: right. and
8: this will be done through one or another of the christian vocations no. so the the, the brochure uh, is meant to help them discover these uh, vocations and how Help them also um, give them ideas of how you can do this uh, with your children
0: is, why is the topic of vocations important that we need to because c- the way I see it and the, one of the reasons why I like the, the, the title is that it doesn't say uh, uh, a vocation is calling your children it's saying love is calling your children, so are we limited to live out our love to those four vo- you know kind of typical vocations options
8: well. God is love, uh-huh. as we—I'm sure we agree yes. <laughs> on that. Yes, we do. God is love; He's created each one of us through love,
2: uh-huh.
8: for love, we. and that's why we need to be loved, and we need to give love. Uh-huh. Okay, and being loved and giving love uh, will absolutely be done in one or another of these vocations—human uh-huh. and Christian vocations. Yeah. Uh, And also, the fact that we are right now in a time of new evangelization, like Blessed John Paul II and now Pope Benedict are calling us to a new evangelization. And so, for that reason also, we felt it was important um, to, to... to explain or to try to make aware uh, all baptized, the, the baptized, and especially families, yeah. parents and educators and pastors and anybody who is into education, really, uh, uh, that um, the, the call to vocation is a call to love. Uh-huh. And, um, and it starts everything, everything starts in the family. You know, that's where kids learn to know and to love God, and to have a relationship with the Lord uh, every day, you know, and to talk to the Lord while they're playing, and while they're doing their homework, and when they need help, or, you know, they want to ask for pardon for something. It's all things that are learned in the family. We need to center family life on Christ, Uh uh, and learn, teach our children to give God the first place. And that's done in the midst of our ordinary, everyday life. That's where we have this extraordinary encounter with God. We can have it if we want, you know, if we answer his call. So and also parents are really the first educators. Mm-hmm. So uh it it's it's their role and their responsibility, with the help of course of the uh the the Christian community, uh and you know now you have new movements, new associations yeah, yeah. in the church, which are very alive and help. You know can help parents
2: yeah.
8: uh, do their job. But you know going, going, learning to go to Jesus as a family can be done very easily yeah. uh, if you think of it. You know through prayer, just as I mentioned before, yeah. reading the Word of God together, and just you know talking about it. You have all these incredible books for children and and you know teenagers that can help them do that. Yeah. Then. You know the importance of forgiveness in the family,
2: yeah.
8: And so, and you know, as Christians, we're called to nothing less than holiness. So we do need a sacrament to help us. You know, we have reconciliation. So we, you know, parents who go to that sacrament. Uh, on a on a regular basis and and encourage their children to do so are, are really doing them a huge favor you know because they will need God's mercy okay. and they will need his strength in in their daily lives and of course the eucharist going to their eucharist together you become one as a family
0: okay no so you've given given us a few uh a few ways that I think cuz I was going to ask you mm. so how do parents teach young people about vocations it sounds like well, you're saying no it sounds like you're saying that that we, uh, parents need to teach their children about God and having a relationship with Christ. Well, is that really, are we talking about the same thing?
8: Well, that's one thing, of course. You need that. You uh-huh. need t- in order to do, eventually, God's will or to answer his call to a, s- a specific vocation, uh-huh. to do that discernment, you need to know God. You need to know Christ. And right. you, do, you learn to know Christ through all these means that I just mentioned. So d- now, is- you're right, there's more than that there's inside the home you need to uh teach virtue you know different yeah, virtues yeah. to your children you know yeah. uh, gratitude honesty humility detachment obedience a yeah. uh, spirit of service you know yeah. and many others yeah 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 uh, that will help them eventually be faithful in their vocation uh-huh. then i think it's becoming more and more important because we live in a world that is very Secular, secularized and yeah. who that doesn't really uh, we're kind of counter-cultural with our way of life mm-hmm,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
8: so uh, i think we need more and more to be explaining our choices to our children you know sooner or later they need to understand that christians can't live exactly like those who don't know christ you know yeah we're not going to set ourselves apart from society because we're called to transform the world from within and our kids need to understand that mm-hmm. but at the same time we need to say here's why we do this and we do that and we don't do uh, this other way that uh, most people do okay uh and also participating in the life of the church i think is really yeah. important yeah. Okay. and one of the things uh, i find essential for parents who want, we all know how teenage years can be very uh, challenging. Yeah. And so I think it is most important for uh, parents uh, as their children grow up, like when they're very young, but also when they're teenagers, to manage to get them in contact with groups of youth who share their values Mm -hmm. and their way of life and their ideals, Mm -hmm. so that when tough times come at teenage years, they'll have not only their parents, who, they'll not only see their parents remaining faithful to Christ, but they'll see other young people who who are doing that, and that'll be an encouragement. Like yeah. World Youth Day is a yes. good example.
0: Yeah, no, that's good advice. You know,
8: and I think it's interesting also that our our new publication is coming out right after World Youth uh-huh. Day because I'm sure the Lord will have touched many hearts uh, uh, in Madrid.
0: Yes, it always and so it always people, happens.
8: you know, kids, uh, young women, young men well, they'll they'll know they have a calling somehow. And hopefully, uh, Canadian youth will see our publication also. Yeah. And uh, it'll help them maybe discern their vocation, because there's a a whole section here, of course, on the new evangelization. You know, we're the first Christians of the third millennium, you know?
2: Yeah. We should
8: look at what the first Christians of the first millennium did and try to do like them, you know, and talk to our neighbors, our friends, our families, um, you know, And, and also... What is really important to teach our children and to do ourselves mm-hmm. is to get continuous formation in uh-huh. our faith. Okay. You know, we go for for uh, ongoing formation and support in, uh, in our professional lives and even on parenting, parenting yeah. and all that.
2: Yeah. But our
8: faith, we can't keep having a kindergarten faith, you know, if we're going to follow Christ and help our kids to, to follow Christ.
2: Right. That's so, as I
8: was saying before, but the, we, we do have, of course, uh, a few sections, one on marriage, one on the ministerial yeah, priesthood, on the specific, yeah. one on consecrated life, and the one on uh, apostolic celibacy. Because, yeah. you know, <laughs> you were mentioning before, or or you said something that reminded me of Vatican II, and Vatican II was clear on all these vocations, yeah. and was very clear on the role of the laity here. Uh-huh. And in the world we're in now, and the, the challenges we face, especially uh, to religious freedom or, you know, edu- uh, freedom of education and all that, I think the laity, um, like, we're at the front line in the spiritual battle uh, out there, you know, as mm-hmm. lay people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only, we know that some lay people are called to specific... Uh, ministries yeah. by a bishop or by their pastor but that's only some lay people but i would say all lay people all of us through our baptism and confirmation we are all called to the apostolate
2: mm-hmm. and
8: that is done in the midst of the world in our workplace with our families when we go to the arena we're with people we're not you know apostolate is our calling Uh, no matter what uh, our vocation is. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important today to realize the uh, importance of the lay vocation.
0: Yeah, no, it's true, and that everybody is called to a mission. Um, So this can be downloaded off your website. So Mm -hmm. it's an important uh, document for all, not just parents, but for uh, teachers, for young people. Oh, yes. So the website is colf.ca, C-O-L-F. Yes. .ca. It's a... a file that's easy to download, and uh, so hopefully people can, uh, can go look at it and uh, read it and share it. Um, thank you, Michelle, for uh, sharing with us a little bit about this document.
8: Thank you very much.
0: Michelle Boulevard is a director of the Catholic Organization for Life and Family, and again, you can learn about more about KOLF at their website, kolf.ca. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Father Stan Fortuna, with his song, Wings of Love. Was Father Stan Fortuna with Wings of Love from his album Seraphic Wanderer? Now, last time we spoke with Father Stan Fortuna, he had been busy publishing a book, You Got to Love. This is the third in a series, You Got to Believe, You Got to Pray, and You Got to Love. And he had just returned from a JP2 pilgrimage, something which has become an annual event. And now he's been delving into a new hobby. And we're going to talk about <laughs> that. So Father Stan joins me now on the phone from his home in the Bronx. Father Stan, welcome back to Salt and Light Radio.
6: Thank you, Pedro. Hello. How are you doing, brother?
0: Oh, I'm good. I'm good. So good. so it's been six years since that first pilgrimage to Poland?
6: Yes, this is the sixth annual. And uh, Lord willing, until I'm not able to go anymore or be pushed in a wheelchair or carried <laughs> or dragged, I'll be doing it every year, Lord willing.
0: So. And now you're calling them JP2 Study Pilgrimages. What were what, what you studying?
6: Studying his life and, uh, and was studying the way that uh, God loved him and the way that he loved God back in return and the way that he admonishes us to keep uh, Jesus teaching about loving one another as he has loved us and to fulfill the greatest commandments. So, cause for John Paul, he himself has said that it was love that explained everything to him. So just studying his whole mystery and the history of Poland and how it impacted and affected him so that we can be impacted and affected uh, by our own histories and and make a a positive, uh, transformative impact
0: Smack it right back, you know, with, uh-huh. with love and truth, you know. And this is something that, any, it's open to anybody, anybody that wants to go can sign Anybody
6: up go. who wants to go. Obviously, if, you know, kids are are, uh, are minors, they yeah, have to yeah, be yeah. accompanied by a, in a, an adult and, uh, and a sponsor or, or, or and stuff like that. But we've had, uh, you know, we've had, I had a family of five, you know, and the father came with, uh,
0: really? you know, we had
6: eight years old. We had 10 years old, 12 years old, 15, well, all the way up to, we had a, one time we had a pilgrim who was 88 years old and she had more energy than everybody. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it usually- was awesome.
0: Cool. So, and the next one, you go. It's October every year that you go.
6: Yes. Yep. Because uh, John Paul was uh, elected on the sixteenth of October, right? And then he was installed on the twenty second. So. We do it uh, somewhere, either just before the 16th or before, or sh- you know, or shortly after the 22nd, sometime around there, and then into November because he was a Danish priest on November right. 1st, and okay. so we keep it around the time of his election as pope and his ordination as a priest. And in Poland, the, the October 16th is now a, a national holiday, so right. it's an awesome
0: event. Okay, so you're going to be there this year for uh, around October 16th.
6: No, oh. this year we're leaving it's- on the. 20th. Oh, it's The later. 21st, actually. Okay. So we know, we'll arrive on the 21st and we'll be there for the anniversary of, it, of its installation.
0: Okay, cool. So if people want to find... Maybe it's too late this year, but if they want to find out for next year, they can just go to your website.
6: Yes, they go to francescoproductions.com, and the information will be there. And then I'm going to be posting the dates for next year, um, for 2012, as soon as I get back. And so we'll be pumping the 7th annual.
2: Yeah. And this year is going to
6: be great, because now uh, this is the first... Uh, you know, JP2, Paul and Rome Study Pilgrimage, which is the blessed Paul, John Paul. Yeah, that's <laughs> Paul and true. Paul Rome Study Pilgrimage. So oh, How awesome.
0: Nice. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, in all your travels, I know this is it's not really a new thing because you've always been taking photographs, but now you're using the photographs uh, differently than you were before. What's up with that? Well,
6: yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just love looking at stuff, you know, and it's a, it's a very contemplative kind of thing, and it's a deeply, deeply spiritual thing, and to capture images, and, uh, you know, I always had a little point-and-shoot camera, and I was just taking pictures and because I was just loved what I was looking at, you know. and yeah. uh, But it's developed into this whole thing now. Where I'm really not a photographer, but I'm sort of like being like a photographer now. I'm <laughs> learning more about gear and the importance of having, you know, uh, different lenses, which actually yeah. make me able to capture different things in different ways. And yeah. it's, uh, it's, um, it's it's really, really amazing stuff. So uh, so I'm just loving it, loving it, loving it, you know, and... um you know people say it's like a hobby but for me it's not a hobby it's it's just a passion and it's just an and for me it's an expression of love for me to, to look and capture something and then to be able to share it with people
2: so well, yeah, anybody
6: I, wants to take a peek i, I even have a website called com, and i've got the, and i post some different pictures on there from time to time right now there's a collection of some black and white series that i've done
0: yeah no i was there i got to see a few of them and i was thinking i was thinking about cuz you i always think of you as an evangelizer through music or through your talks, but now evangelizing through photography, it's a different thing. How, How do you think you can evangelize using these photos? Well, I get
6: evangelized by what I see, Uh you know, and to be, to be evangelized, what does it mean to be evangelized? Because, I mean, if an evangelizer, supposedly, can't be (laughs) evangelized, then I don't know if he's going to be so good of an evangelizer, you know, Uh it's like the, uh, you know, the best teachers, uh, you know, make the best learners, you know Mm. what I'm saying? So, uh, so for me, I'm just deeply, deeply moved to the core by what I see, whether it's something beautiful or something very, very uh, difficult. Matter of fact, if, uh... If people go on a, on um, t- to my Twitter or, or account, or actually I have a blog. Yeah. Uh, you go to my website and you can go to the blog. I just posted something yesterday, and I call it. I'm going to start doing a thing called the Shot of the Day, and whether uh-huh. it's daily or whatever day I just I catch a shot, I'm going to put it up there and say something about it. And I was coming up Second Avenue and I seen this young handicapped man in a wheelchair, and he and his wheelchair was just amazingly placed behind these wrought iron fences, and it's a black-and-white image of a guy in the street just sitting there, and I called it trapped with a question mark, Yeah, you know, and it's just so provocative. So, I mean, it moves my heart, you know, to, to encounter his pain and suffering. Which then only makes sense through the pain and the suffering of Christ and Christ crucified mm-hmm. and risen. And so then, when I see that, and then share what I see, and then it can help, you know, raise the question in somebody else's heart who might indeed feel trapped.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And and it's a beautiful. I did see that photograph. It's a beautiful photograph. So just there's something about the beauty too that draws you in. Absolutely. To to contemplate on that. Now um, I missed you in Madrid. I know you were there. I was yeah. there, but we were busy. Um, before that, you. You were in Uganda, right?
6: Yes, I was in India, then to England, and then to Uganda, and then to Madrid.
0: And the reason why I want to ask you about Uganda because there's a song in Seraphic Wanderer called Uganda. Are you ready? And I know mm-hmm. you've been spending a lot of. I mean, you've been going maybe once, sometimes twice a year. So, what's mm-hmm. the? Are you, are you, is there like? A, are you developing a special love for for Uganda or for Africa? Or?
6: Well, yes. I, I mean, and John Paul visited Africa. Uh, more than any other country and he visited africa even m- more times than he went to poland really so go go figure but uh and and his magnificent uh apostolic letter uh you know ecclesia in Africa is very 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 uh, uh-huh. amazing and uh so and then God has just been sending me there and in the process I've wound up just establishing relationships with a number of different people especially with with a, with a young priest there you know who's become my brother and um, you know they're in very very difficult extreme circumstances and yeah. I've, I've been able to help him and support him and we're doing and he's the youth director so he's the director of all the priests who are the youth ministers and all the parishes in a huge, 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 huge diocese called Masaka, uh-huh. and it's just amazing the the connection that you know, we've had, and like, and and he and the people there and their circumstances is you know bless me so abundantly, you know, and then I'm able to help out in the small ways that I can, you know, to help them, uh, you know, financially and and spiritually and and every other way that I can be any assistant. Yeah,
1: wow,
0: it's uh. Oh man! Sometimes we we look at we forget at at, at the reality that other people kind of have to go through. Yeah, no Get kidding. Man. I mean, here, just, eh? just to go
6: to go to the bathroom, no electricity, just to cook, just to go fetch water, and then make a fire so that you can purify the water so that you can drink it. You know, and it's a but it's amazing rhythm of life that these people mm. have, and it's absolutely gorgeous.
0: Yeah, and joyful, you know, and yeah. they
6: suffer, and their poverty is ennobling, and it's dignified, and they have. and, And Uganda is actually, per capita, it's the largest... Catholic country in all of Africa and it's one of the smallest, you know and it's right almost in the center and the Uh Ugandans love to say that Uganda is the the pearl of Africa it's in the heart of Africa because it's almost dead smack
0: center (laughs) Yeah, good Um, You're also going to be in Canada next week and I just want to let people know if you're in Toronto or in the uh, it's in Mississauga at Merciful Redeemer Parish Yes Um, So next Friday the 30th all the way to Sunday October 2nd there's a talk with music on The Theology of the Body on Friday at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, there's going to be a concert at 8.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Plus, I, th- I don't know how often you do this, but I think this is, for me, it's the, the appealing thing. You're going to be celebrating Mass or can celebrating Mass o- on Saturday and on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So people can go and to all of that or to some of that, and they can get more details by visiting the parish website, Merciful Redeemer in Mississauga, mm-hmm. or they can also check out your website, francescoproductions.com. That'd be great. Um, it's a great website, actually, and uh, um, we're going to be playing. We, well, we've been listening to some of your songs from Seraphic Wander, and I was going to mm-hmm. ask you particularly about the song that we're going to play uh, coming up, one eleven o four. That's a date. Yeah. What is mm-hmm. it? Because it's it's an it's mostly an instrumental song, but what does it refer to? What's one one eleven o four? Yeah, well, uh,
6: January eleven to two thousand four was the day when Father Benedict uh, uh, experienced uh, a, 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 a really a, a life threatening and potentially, and actually for 20 minutes, life-ending accident.
0: This is Benedict was, Rochelle.
6: He, yes, Father yes. Benedict Rochelle, and he was struck by uh, by an SVU, you know, on, tragically, um, yeah. when he was crossing a major highway down somewhere, I mean, I think it was Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and, yeah. um, and it was just amazing how he uh, not only survived, but he actually recovered. Huh. And so this song, really, it kind of creates a picture, and it's an instrumental, and it kind of... It kind of it's like uh, it's like watching a movie, and you know, in the music, you don't even know that there's music going on, you, and yeah. it just engages you in kind of what you're looking at. And so, the whole composition, and then even recording of this song, uh, is, is just an expression of the journey of of him, you know, going through this ordeal, and then you know, being brought through not just surviving but even actually recovering and mm. then using it drawing forth even a greater flowering of good from all of the tremendous suffering that he's gone through and that he still goes through because he's very very frail yeah, but yes. yet there's a, there's, a, there's a supernatural strength that's just being manifested in his human frailty that's, that's in itself is uh, as many people have said about him and even about the great Pope John Paul II that mm. is actually uh, some of the best preaching that he's ever done.
0: Does he does he live with you in the Bronx?
6: Or? Oh, no, not in the Bronx. No, I just we just had meetings this morning and oh, we were okay. together, but he's still at the Trinity Retreat House, running the arch that running this archdiocesan yeah. retreat house for priests that he's been running for over thirty five thirty five years. Wow,
0: yeah, what a man! Yeah, he's uh, wow. A lot of people mm-hmm. are great fans of him. Anyway, Father Stan, that's all the time we have, but it's been great having you on the show, great talking to you and listening to your music again. Uh, Thanks, uh, brother. If people again check out francescoproductions.com. There's a link there to the, to the photography, which is also FatherFortunaPhotography.com. There's also links to his blog and to all kinds of fun stuff, so check it out. Um, here now is Father Stan with his song 11104. listening to Father Stan Fortuna's 11104 from his album, Seraphic Wanderer. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light radio programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. And to follow us closely, go to Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for your generosity, for your prayers. We cannot do our work without your support. So thank you. I'm Pedro Guevara, man. And this has been Salt and Light Radio.